Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 27 Virtual Podcast. My name is William Grismore. And I'm Andrew Grismore. And thanks for taking the time out today. And what we're talking about today is some things that you've seen in the news recently. Uh, we've seen that there has been a ransomware attack yet again on the Colonial Pipeline. And we just wanted to take a minute to talk about security and how important it is in your infrastructure and how VMware's NSX security can, can help out with that. So um, first of all, my name is Bill Grismore, 27 Virtual, uh, one of the co-founders here. Uh, we specialize in NSX. My primary role would be as senior architect. Yeah, and, and this is just a, another example where we see in a long line of ransomware just coming in and wreaking havoc. And this time it didn't just affect a single company, it affected a lot of everyday lives. Right. So NSX has been around for quite a while. And Andrew, can you talk about, you know, what NSX security is at a very high level, the, the basic 101 and how it can help with these type of ransomware attacks if we start there? Yeah, sure. So just from a, a high level, NSX gives us the ability to use what I like to call the uh, the true ability for us to treat our virtual machines like VMs for the first time from a security standpoint. As in, we get to give our virtual machines a virtual firewall that lives within the hypervisor. So it's a it's something that only VMware can really provide because they have access to that middle layer, that hypervisor and it provides an individualized firewall for every single vnic that you have in your environment so it's a different way of doing firewalling and it's called the distributed firewall because it's one firewall rule set that's pushed out and distributed to all the vnics of the vms via taking advantage of the hypervisor right so have you heard the analogy of the goldilocks zone uh, probably once or twice. Right. So there's a story that's kind of interesting about, you know, kind of how the security works, you know, not too hot, not too cold, just right. So I'm just going to add on what Andrew just said. So that, that spot where the VNIC plugs into the port group in the kernel of the VMware ESXi host is kind of in that sweet spot. It's, it's not too hot, which means it's not, not at the external firewall. And I guess we should emphasize also, Andrew, that, you know, we still definitely 100%, you know, need the physical firewall. This is not intended to replace that in any way, shape, or form. But then it's not, you know, too cold, you know, where it's in the VM, like some agents that we may have from some other vendors today. Uh, not to say there's not a, a place for agent-based software or, or tools, but from a security standpoint, if the VM's on a VMware platform, you have that unique spot there in the hypervisor to put the firewall on the VNIC. So it kind of gives you that, that perfect spot, if you will, you know, based on where we're at in technology. If you think about the history uh, of where we've been and where we're going, you know, we just happen to be at that perfect place in time where we can leverage that hypervisor that we never used to have before, you know, before, you know, virtualization. So it's a, a really, a really good spot to do it. So, so Andrew, so this attacker is, trying to get into our business and they're trying to take down the the application or the services that manage the pipeline so there's some kind of specialized application that does all these controls 
So those applications are probably pretty well secured, but somehow the attacker is able to get in through the existing firewall somehow, whatever that method is, or some backdoor, we don't really know for sure. And they're able to place this ransomware into the environment. Now, if those controls are virtual machines, we'll, we'll make an assumption. We really don't know what Colonial Pipeline has or any other company that might get attacked. But let's just say those controls sit in a VM and they figure out a way to break in. So I place this ransomware on this machine. What, what, what basically happens at that point then, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, just just taking it back for a second, I can't help but but laugh, even though this is a, a fairly serious conversation, at how ransomware getting into, and it doesn't even have to be one of the more critical pieces of the infrastructure, but just getting in somehow and using the ability to spread laterally within the environment caused the, the panic that it did. I mean, you and I live in Florida, and we saw people at the gas pumps loading up their cars, their trucks, plastic bags, random containers, causing all kinds of issues. And it's all because of lateral spread of this ransomware in, in environments. And that's what's happening. Like you said, somehow getting in, whether it be penetrating the, the traditional outer layer firewall or some kind of internal mistake, whatever it may be, but it can be the infection of something non-critical. And then we see that lateral spread go from VM to VM to VM until it reaches the gold mine or the ability to shut off the ability to use the pipeline in this case. And that's where we see the mass panic come into play. And it's funny because in Florida, we didn't even have a shortage, but people still panicked and ran the the gas stations out of gas just by going up and all bum rushing it at once. But yeah, it just comes down to that lateral spread. And that's the real play here with the distributed firewall is to, first of all, understand the flows that you have east-west in your data center, and then be able to use the controls at the hypervisor level to actually allow and deny only what you're looking for to take place so that those back channels that the ransomware uses to spread can't actually take place in the first place. And you're really reducing that attack scope. I, I live in Florida too. Are, are you trying to say I, I didn't need to fill up those four 10 gallon jugs? Florida man fills up 10 <laughs> gallon jugs and leaves them in his car and uh, somehow something goes wrong. I think that's how the story goes. Yeah, yeah, Florida man. Um, okay, so the, the malware gets in. So you made a good point. So it's not even necessarily on the VM that might be the controlling VM. It could be some other VM in the environment. So, but if I'm a company, whatever kind of company I am, don't I have a firewall that can control that lateral spread? Yeah, I mean, you can push all of your east-west west flows through some type of firewalling device as long as they're making a hop to another network. It's all gonna be network-based. And assuming you know what those flows even are to enforce firewall policy based off of IP addresses to be able to do that. And I've gone around the country, I've talked to hundreds of people about this very topic. And the bottom line is that you can somewhat do it with traditional firewalling tools, but it's really just not done because it's not efficient. The level of effort that it would take from a manpower perspective, from a hardware perspective, maybe you know, if you're pumping all the 95% of your traffic, which is east-west flows, now trying to push that through the firewall, whereas before it was only 5% of your overall flows, 
you may need another million dollar piece of hardware to do it. So bottom line is without a technology like NSX or the service defined firewall, um, it's really just not done all that often. And it's a lack of visibility. It's many reasons, but it's it's tough to do, tough to to have some kind of plan unless you have the tools that are available here. All right, so we're on a podcast, so for people to kind of visualize what happens, if I don't if I don't have like an NSX or some other software tool, and there could be some other vendors that do this as well, but if if I don't have some kind of tool and all I have is a physical firewall, if I have segment A with say 100 VMs on it. So I got my vSphere platform, I got a port group, I got 100 VMs on that port group. It's plumbed out to the physical network. There's no NSX in place. I have segment B with 100 VMs, different VLAN, different port group, and it's plumbed out to my physical world. Again, no NSX. I can secure traffic between those two segments, right? But I, what I can't do is control what goes on between the VMs on the same segment without some kind of either an agent in the VM or something in the kernel. Is that right, Andrew? Yeah, that, that's where the difficulties really start to arise because if you're talking about traditional traffic monitoring and firewalling, you're probably not even seeing those flows that stay within the same layer two segment as we call them in NSX or the port group or the, the VLAN that we're talking about here. So absolutely, I mean, we can control the traffic flows with the distributed firewall for each and every vnic that you have out there and that includes vnics that plug into the same port group and have their vms on the same subnet so without steering it to the physical firewall right without steering it to the physical firewall it's on all done as a part of the hypervisor exactly wow that that sounds pretty good it's like why doesn't everybody do that right so (laughs) (laughs) so I, i guess that's kind of the interesting point right so there's, there's software tools out there today. Now, specifically the VMware NSX platform, which has evolved from NSXB now to NSXT, has the ability to do this micro-segmentation. So what, what I described before was when we have the segment A going to the physical firewall and segment B going to the physical firewall, that's what we would call macro-segmentation, which is better than nothing at all but it's not looking at the traffic from VM to VM on the same segment. And, it, and, and that's where that, that lateral spread of malware can take place. So you may be able to prevent it from going from segment A to B, maybe, right? Yeah, if, if that's something that you're doing in the first place, or if at you're least even, trying, trying to accomplish somewhat. Right, so if you're doing it. So what we're saying is, is that if we add in NSX to the environment, we can now create something to to stop that from from happening can you give me an example of how i would do that like what would a if i implement nsx and i've got the the ability to now micro seg my environment instead of macro seg it what what would a firewall rule look like that could actually help me prevent that lateral spread of malware yeah that's probably where the biggest difference is going to come into play when you start talking about how we actually achieve micro segmentation versus how we may consider doing firewall rules for any kind of east-west traffic before the idea of being able to use the hypervisor and have an understanding of the virtual world comes into play. Because really what we wanna do it based off of is 
application or VM functionality. So understanding how workload actually uses the network and create firewall rules based off of that information and based off of grouping commonalities. And the easiest commonality that you could probably think of is three virtual machines that belong to the same application and understanding how they communicate with each other, how they communicate to other applications. And the biggest difference is that we don't have to do it based off of IP address uh, because we have an understanding of the functionality of these VMs and the fact that they're VMs and we have VMware tools to pick up their IP address or we can look at traffic to pick up their IP address. You can do things like dynamically tag virtual machines, add them to groups based off of the functionality and how they work, and then enforce policy using those groups as the source of the destination for your rules. So it's a complete mindset shift in how you even approach the security of, of your workloads because it's not something that you have to consider, okay, we're going from this subnet to this subnet, which goes through this firewall. So we need to create rules based off of the networks that these workloads belong to. It's completely different. It turns it upside on its head, but it allows you to actually have some kind of approach to deal with all this internal traffic and organize it and reduce that attack scope from application to application to application to look through the data center. So the example that I like to use, Andrew, is like this classic three-tier app example. It's like if I have a web tier, an app tier, and a DB tier. So what I could do, the, one of the easy examples I can think of is I have an app tier that's got three VMs on it. You know, those three VMs, the, the three web servers, they really, in 99.99% .99 of the cases, they don't really need to talk to each other, right? So what I could do is create a rule that says that this group of VMs, and I, to your point, we don't need to worry about the IP address, which is awesome. So I can create a security group based on a tag, and I can say, you know, from this group to this group, the same group, anything, any port, I can block that traffic. So I'm not stopping the outside rule from getting to port 80 or 443, that's allowed. So I have a rule that's gonna allow that from the from any into that. But when those VMs are talking to each other, they can sit on the same network segment. Of course, it's a virtualized network segment that runs on NSX, right? It can't be just a regular vSphere port group. So I've got NSX deployed. Those VMs are plugged into, say, this web segment. I got the VMs, I create a group and a tag, I can associate those, and I can create a rule that says web to web block. But I can have another rule that's going to allow the outside rule to come in. And I can publish that rule, boom, and with just a few seconds. Now, there should be a lot more planning. I'm way oversimplifying it, right? <laughs> but I'm yeah. way oversimplifying it just for, for an example here for a short uh, podcast. But I can create that rule, and I can publish it. And within a couple of seconds, I have basically prevented the lateral spread of ransomware now, that doesn't mean that the ransomware may not still get in somewhere, right? But I have prevented the spread of it. So yeah. I need to be able to have it, if it does get in and it does infect a machine, it's just not going to just start spreading across my my network. Yeah. So, so, right? So that's kind so of I guess, idea. yeah, I guess that leads us to, you know, just how customers can make this happen. So we talk about it, it all sounds great and in theory, 
it is a really awesome capability out there. But I think that it just became a lot more accessible to a lot more of our customers. If you're looking at NSX, if you're seeing what's going on in the news and you're saying, I need some kind of way to stop that lateral spread of malware just in case something like this happens to us, which we see it happening all the time these days, unfortunately, um, VMware did add a new licensing level specifically to give you guys access to the distributed firewall and advanced threat protection capabilities that we haven't even talked about yet, but there's also things like IDS, IPS capabilities coming from VMware, but there's a new licensing level for the service-defined firewall specifically so that you guys can get your hands on this at a lower price point if you are looking at NSX for security or if this is something that you're just newly interested in. Uh, I think it's really interesting and more accessible now, and we've actually created a campaign around that license specifically to get customers stood up and actually beginning their approach to this distributed firewall, this new type of security. So very similar to our campaign that we started with our, our V2T migrations, which has turned into an absolute powerhouse for us and is keeping us very busy. We're also creating this new uh, campaign around getting new customers into this distributed security so that we can really get this out to more people. Right, and for people that already have the NSX license, you know, get it, get it deployed. You know, we see a lot of customers that have it um, and maybe they're using the networking feature that NSX brings, yep. but they're not using the security feature. But this new license that's now available allows customers to purchase just the security. So you don't get any of the NSX networking, which is fine. If all you want to do is just security, why not, you know, protect yourself. You can, you can leverage that new lower price skew. It's so much cheaper. It allows you to get your foot in the door. It allows you to secure your environment against this lateral spread of, of ransomware and malware and all these other types of attacks. And you can implement it fairly easily uh, and get yourself started. And then you can add on IDS, IPS, network, you know, machine learning type of discovery and artificial intelligence learning on the network level. You can add on carbon black in the future, however far you want to take it. But but the entry level, which in, in, in my mind, Andrew, everybody should be doing this, right? It's like, a, yes. it's like I always used to say, it's like a no brainer, right? If I have an environment that's 85 or 90% virtual machines, they're sitting on that platform. They're, the Goldilocks zone, right, is sitting right there for in that sweet spot yep. where you put that firewall in the VNIC is sitting there waiting for them to use. You know, why not just flip the switch, license that feature, turn it on, and come up with a, a design that's going to help you get started. So, um, you know, I know there are other solutions out there that can do something similar. The, the thing I wanted to point out, the great thing about doing the security in the hypervisor versus an agent-based solution is that you're basically putting the security controls in a spot that the bad guy can't get to. So if a bad guy gets into the VM, the security controls that control this inspection and this prevents this lateral spread of malware is built into the kernel of the host. So unless they figure out a backdoor way to get into the host <laughs> network, 
and break into the host on the back end, which can be very easily locked down. It's very easy to lock that down. I'm very protected. It could even, that backend network can even be a completely isolated network where the only way you get in through is a jump box or something like that. So you can lock that down and get that in. So how does somebody get started with this, Andrew? What's the, what's a good next step if I'm looking to get started with this? Yeah, I mean, you can always reach out to us at 27Virtual, uh, visit our website, contact us. We can sell all the VMware licensing and we have services specifically around getting you guys started with the distributed firewalls. So if you have NSX, if you have VCF, if you're looking at security for the first time and treating your VMs like VMs finally, rather than treating them like physical machines and steering them to a firewall or installing an agent, then uh, we can definitely help you guys get started on that journey. So reach out to us. Uh, we want to get this out to as many people as possible, start locking it down and uh, not pay these people ransom in Bitcoin. <laughs> right, that sounds great. Yeah, so reach out to uh, our, our website, You know, talk to your, your VMware rep as well. Um, and definitely, uh, if also if you look at some of our, our other um, our other webcasts that we've done. You can see some good information there as well. There's some other information on our website. If you go to 27virtual.com events, you can see that there as well. Yeah, we've, uh, got, we've got webinars that include demos in combination with VMware so that you guys can see this in action a little bit. So yeah, definitely check out the website and the events page and uh, reach out to us and we'd be happy to have a conversation. Great. Sounds good. Andrew, thank you very much for the time and we'll see everybody on the next podcast. Thank you. Thank you.